of Ellenwood Ministries. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. We want to discuss a very important scripture that we may have heard in our uh, Bible studies and uh, word of faith circles, charismatic circles, uh, things of uh, that nature. Uh, For we walk by faith, not by sight, which is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. But what did Paul really mean by this? Uh, In order for us to get a full picture of this, uh, we begin to see that we need to go into chapter 4 to read why Paul said what he said in chapter 5 and verse 7. But you should do that on your own time. We're going to just uh, center our study on uh, chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. But you have to understand that uh, the uh, chapters and verses usually separate certain things and all of a sudden there's a new train of thought but chapters and verses were not designed for that nature it was specifically designed for reference purposes so that we can uh, find the reference of where the scripture is it's sort of like in the library where you understand the dewey decimal system and you want to find specific books so you look up the uh the decimal number and then it leads you to an area where uh, you find that specific book well the, the references that we find in scripture are found because in the 1500s uh someone was smart enough <laughs> to put chapter and verses so that way we can find the scriptures in uh in a reference form format but for uh, uh, separating a train of thought, that was not the intent of the uh, the chapter and verses. But also what's taken uh, precedent is that we take one verse of scripture and we isolate that text and we really don't get into the nitty gritty of the contextual teaching within the scripture where it's found. Uh, what I mean by that is that we just lift up that verse of scripture, but never put it back and read it in the context that it was put there for. And so what tends to happen is that we begin to uh, isolate that text and make something, make it say something that perhaps was never really intended. So we have to be very careful not to do that. What we should do, the good Bible study student, is that you look up several verses and you look down several verses from the verse of scripture that you're looking for because you don't want to get it wrong when you're uh, dealing with the scriptures. Now, the Bible says in the book of Second uh, Timothy, Second uh, Peter, rather, uh, chapter one, I believe around verse twenty, where it says that uh, no scripture of uh, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Uh, so uh, we don't get a chance to interpret the scriptures based on what we think it ought to say. Uh, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. For no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Uh, No uh, prophecy of scripture uh, comes from our own interpretation. No prophecy of scripture comes by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we have to stay within the contextual teachings of the spirit of the spirit of God and the word of God. So let's get into um, uh, this uh, teaching here in the uh, book of uh, second Corinthians chapter uh, five. And uh, beginning at uh, verse number one, uh, Paul says this, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, which is meaning our flesh, is destroyed and how is it is it destroyed? Well, death comes. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter nine and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die after this, the judgment. And so if death is true on one hand, judgment is true on another. And then there's another portion of scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter two, 
where it says uh, in verse 14, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So all our lifetime were subject to the bondage of death, and this fear is upon every individual. Anyone that says, well, I'm not afraid of death, well, they are lying because everybody knows that when that casket rolls uh, past you, that you know that one day you and I are going to be in that box uh, as far as our physical body is concerned. But thank God that there is a resurrection. And if you want to study out the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Paul gave a wonderful teaching in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about putting on the uh, the immortality. And, and so uh, just as Christ was raised from the dead. So uh, we have a hope that is in Christ that we will one day be raised from the dead. All right. Continuing in uh, verse one, it says we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, uh, that mortality may be swallowed up, swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So what is a guarantee? It is a down payment. It's just like when you walk into a car dealership and you want the car, but you don't have the full money to pay the entire uh, price. And so what you do is you put down a down payment so that way you can hold the car until you come up with the full price. Uh, it's like a layaway, if you will. Some of us back in the day know what a layaway is. And in some instances and in some stores, uh, there is a place that allows for a layaway where you put money aside each and every month until you fully pay for the product. And then they give you the product. Well, Jesus, uh, through his death, burial and resurrection, uh, when we repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone, uh, then the spirit of God comes on the inside of us as a guarantee or a down payment of what's to come. Now, the Bible says in the book of John, chapter three and verse three, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And verse five says, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then in verse seven, you must be born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The only way that we're going to get into heaven is that we have to be born again. And the only way that you can be born again is when you repent of sin. Now the book of Titus chapter three and verse five says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy spirit. So we have the guarantee, those of us that are born again, we have the guarantee of the spirit given to us of the father, because that's the promise that he gave us when we place faith on Christ alone at, after repentance from sin. Here in verse six, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident. Yes. Well, pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 
Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and all I also trust are well known in your consciences. So, we now see how this fits in the uh, verses of scripture that we just read. It's not talking about believing God for things and, and walking along life and just trusting God for things and, and houses, riches, cars, and money. God knows that we have need of these things in the book of uh, Matthew chapter six. Uh, so as far as our personal needs, they're already taken care of, provided that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. In chapter five of the book of Matthew, Jesus said, blessed are those who, uh, who walk after righteousness, who, who pursue righteousness. Blessed are those who uh, uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So when we put the, the kingdom of God first, what happens is, is that it, being that the Lord knows that we have need of these things, they will be added to us provided that we uh, put the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. In other words, paramount, primary. And, and so this verse of scripture here in verse seven is not talking about that. It is talking about uh, the difference between walking by faith and not by sight. Now, if you're walking by sight, then the only thing that you have to look forward to is the death of your physical body. But Paul explains uh, why we should be walking by faith because for we know that if our earthly house or this physical body, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. In other words, we don't just look at our physical bodies and say, oh, well, that's it. That's the way that it goes. And that's the end. No, it doesn't work that way. We thank God that, that the Lord provided for the fact that when we repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone, that our bodies will be resurrected. And you can look at uh, the book of Romans chapter 8 for a further expounding of Paul as far as our resurrection is concerned because uh, God has given us the spirit as a guarantee. And so uh, he, has, he has swallowed up mortality through the death of, and burial and resurrection of Christ and this is what we have to look forward to, that, uh, that we have the Spirit of God as a guarantee that will come into our mortal bodies, or rather we already we who are born again already have the Spirit of God on the inside of us in terms of our mortal bodies. And when our physical body does die, uh, being that we're in Christ, it will be raised again from the dead. So uh, verse two says, for in this we groan. In other words, we just say, well, I want out of this body because every single day that we uh, live in this life, we, we want out of this body, this death doomed body, if you will. And we want eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so uh, it's very important that we understand the, the context in which Paul is speaking this of, because when when we uh, just simply uh, uh, just walk by faith and not by sight in terms of uh, just um, believing God for things, then then we're losing the very essence of what Paul is talking about here, because it's, it's it, it leaves us to believe that this is this is it. This is all that we have to look forward to, and that is to to uh, uh, just simply uh, believe God for things, 
and and that's it and that's not the the very basis of Christianity so those of us who are who are serious about the things of the Lord and and understand the 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 scripture within the context that it is taught we see that we're we have a resurrection that that we have to look forward to and it's very very powerful because this is what the essence is of eternal life and you see me type some scriptures in, and it's very important that we type some of these scriptures in because i want you to see some of the things that we're discussing here here in uh the book of uh, romans chapter uh um uh, uh eight and uh paul we and i discussed this you know uh in terms of uh chapter eight uh, I mentioned that uh, notice in verse nine, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, this is what Paul was referring to when we read second uh, Corinthians chapter five, uh, the guarantee of the spirit. Uh, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. And that's what we're referring to here. He will give life to your mortal bodies, the guarantee of the spirit that is on the inside of every single believer. Uh, he will give you he will give you life. So he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in in you so so the spirit of god dwells on the inside of us and simply and because we know that he dwells on the inside of us we have this guarantee that when this takes place uh the resurrection of our bodies we're going to say we're we're, we're now released from this groaning now here in the book of romans chapter 6 and verse 1 paul says this what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also, we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you yourselves reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So it's very important that we understand the context in which Paul was speaking, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, going back into the book of uh, Romans chapter eight, notice what Paul says here. Therefore, if there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. 
And and he goes on and says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. So this is a, 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 a regurgitation, if you will, of what we read in the book of Romans, chapter six. He condemned sin in, in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So it's very important that we put these contextual teachings together because that's how we can understand uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And here Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 beginning at verse 12 speaks about the resurrection of Christ. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith also is vain or, or is empty. Rather, uh, 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 then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty or in vain. Yes. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile or kaput. If you will, you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. In other words, they're dead. It's over with for them, but we're going to be dead just like them. And we're, we ought to be pitied because if there's no resurrection, then in the grave, we will stay. But look at verse 20 now, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Not the first one raised from the dead. That is not, that is incorrect and error in teaching. Christ is not, uh, Christ is the first born is, is, was not the first one born again. I'm sorry. That's the error of the teaching. He, he, Jesus doesn't need to be born again because he is God. Remember what it says in the book of John chapter one and verse one in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So Jesus is God. He doesn't need to be born again because he is God. So that's false teaching. But in terms of Jesus being the first born from the dead, he is the first one to be brought back from the dead and stay that way because all of the individuals old testament and new that have been raised from the dead those individuals well they they died again and, and so those individuals they died but they have a resurrection to look forward to but christ is the firstborn from the dead and, and that's the correct uh, uh, understanding of the scriptures not the first one born again Jesus is the first one born from the dead. And as a result of his resurrection, uh, we have something to look forward to. So verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ's at his coming. 
Then comes the end when, when he delivers the kingdom of God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And, and so it's very important that we understand uh, these scriptures because uh, now we know what Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and verse uh, uh, 7 actually means because we are, we are placing our faith in the fact that God promised to us eternal life when we repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone. And so uh, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he destroyed death. Here in the uh, book of 1 John chapter 3, in verse 8, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for a seed remains in him. And that seed is what we've read in the book of Second uh, Corinthians uh, 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 that tells us that we have the guarantee. The Spirit of God is the guarantee for his seed remains in him. In other words, what we read in uh, the book of Romans, that if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So his seed remains in us and he cannot sin because he is born of God. But the point that I wanted to, to uh, explain is that for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil or destroy the works the devil has done. It's very important that we understand this. Now, finally, in First uh, uh, Thessalonians, uh, we, we're going to see Paul explain something uh, about um, uh, the resurrection of Christ. First Thessalonians, um, uh, here in uh, chapter 4 and uh, uh, verse uh, number uh, 14, I believe it is. Uh, let's, let's see if that's correct. And for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed or come before those who are asleep. We read the fact about in the first Corinthians chapter 15, those who fall asleep in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so it is very important. It, ex it is extremely important that we uh, put back in contextual teaching Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 and not just isolated to uh, to preach a narrative about what we walk by faith and not by sight and we believe in God for things and things of that nature. No, 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 no. Put it back in the context. You that are teachers of the word of God, you're going to be held to a stricter judgment. And so far, every person that I've seen that use just verse seven and never explain it with uh, chapter four and, and then go into chapter five and explain it, you're going to have to answer for that because the Bible needs to be taught contextually within the harmonious boundaries of the scripture and the text. For, so when we walk by faith, not by sight, it, it's actually telling us that we have a resurrection that we look forward to. And so we don't look at the ending 
of our uh, the end of our bodies as if that's it. It's 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 over with. No, when we're walking by faith, we are trusting in the fact that the Lord will raise us from the dead as a result of us experiencing the uh, being born again by the Spirit of the Living God. We have the spirit as the guarantee or the down payment and that one day well, it will all come to uh, fruition, if you will, or become fruitful that when because we have placed our faith in Christ, we too, our bodies, that is, will be physically raised from the dead. You've been listening to Prevailing Wood Ministries. I'm Fred Vichester. Thanks for listening.